Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship, located in Southeast Ontario. Unitarian Universalism is a progressive free faith grounded in the promises of community and inspired by how we hold our shared faith's principles and sources. For more information about Canadian Unitarianism, please go to our website, kuf.ca, and our national website, cuc.ca. meditation for us today. I'd invite you to take a posture physically and otherwise that's conducive for you and comfortable for you for meditation and contemplation. The following words come from the author Mark Nepo. Allow the words to simply flow through the room. Notice anything that comes up and let your thoughts float away along with the words into silence following these words. The ever-present riddle of being who we are. I keep turning to the ever-present riddle that being who we are is the necessary adventure. It unlocks everything. Not because our self is so important, but because our essential nature that carries our self. Carries is the immediate doorway to everything that is life-sustaining. We learn early on that being who we are means fending off unwanted influence without cutting ourselves off from the chance to learn from others. Regardless of the culture we are born into, it isn't long after we arrive that everyone starts pointing and telling us where we need to be and what we need to do to get there. There's no time to really ask why. Soon things happen and we are thrown off course. And now there's all this effort to win their approval, no matter who they, quote unquote, are. If lucky, love will distract us more than suffering. If blessed, we are broken of everyone's plans and regrets and thrown like a hooded bird into a sea of light. If trusting the fall, we find our wings. Please rest for a few moments now in silence.
and gently breathe one last time in and out. Happy New Year. I've uh, somewhat affectionately dubbed 2020 the year of seeing clearly. <laughs> and in the interest of serving our individual and communal hopes, the moment of the new year seems like a lovely time for us to pause and reflect, as it does every year. And I'll add that I'm not a huge fan of New Year's resolutions. No offense to anyone who commits to that practice. I find so often when we do that, we set ourselves up to fail. So instead, I'd like to explore the role that intention can play in living personal values, which leads to having a greater sense of integrity and wholeness in the entire experience of living. Oxford Dictionaries defines integrity as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles or moral uprightness. Also, the state of being whole and undivided and the condition of being unified, unimpaired, or sound of construction. As both our opening reading and our contemplative reading pointed out, this can become clouded by dust and grime and grit, everything that gets kicked up while we're just living life. Howard Thurman set us an aspiration to keep fresh before us the moments of our highest resolve, our highest intention, while acknowledging that busyness and overpacked schedules and the everyday demands of life distract us from both our best selves and our best intentions. One of the powers and the benefits of a community is that we get to hold up a mirror for each other. The gift of the mirror, even on the days when it shows us something we're avoiding or really would rather not see or address or hear about ourselves, the gift of the mirror is that it shows us what our work is. It shows us where learning, where growth, where transformation reside. We need both a place that will honestly point out to us where our work is when we lose track of it, and also a place where we can do the work and be celebrated for our successes. Over time, we each find ways that we're comfortable being reminded. We find the truth tellers who we trust will tell us what we need to hear. We're brought back into that which has the most meaning for us individually. Sometimes we find it by ourselves and sometimes we need a little push. The occasion of a new year could be considered a little push. So another way to think about this idea of integrity comes from Dr. Brene Brown. Integrity is choosing courage over comfort. 
choosing what is right over what is fun, fast, or easy, and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. Well, the dictionary definition gives us a way to access and use the word. This definition gives us access to living it as an idea. Choosing courage over comfort. Choosing what's right over what's fun or fast or easy. Choosing to practice values rather than simply profess them. This speaks to the values that rise up in us and guide us and the way those values can inspire us to live, live from a place of wholeness, which we all have. To live life rather than talking about it, to show the world what we value rather than telling the world. And we can be influenced or pulled or pushed or manipulated such that we lose sight of our truth. We lose sight of integrity. We lose sight of wholeness. It's there, but we lose sight of it. This is part of why, to me, the psychology of crowds is so fascinating. The psychology of the mob. Not the mob. A mob, sorry. <laughs> Should have thought about that. <laughs> We'd all like to think that if we were part of a mob of people, it wouldn't take over our values. But at some point, it does. We can see it happen whenever an individual is radicalized to hatred of specific people for any reason. It's sometimes grounded in religion or faith, or I should say cloaked in religion or faith. And sometimes it's, it's around gender or race or identity or uh, f food and eating or... There's so many more. I'm sure you could come up with five more. The ways in which we can be radicalized against one another. And then the life stories of those individuals, we heard one just in November, in mid-November. The life stories of those individuals who've had the opportunity to recover and come back from a radicalized mindset always say, always point out that that mindset was completely out of alignment with their values. They lost track of what really had meaning. For me personally, I was reflecting on this list that was back with the order of service. I don't know if everybody got one. Hopefully you did. Don't look at it yet. I'm going to get to it. Put it down, put it down, put it down. So I was reflecting on this list. And three of the values on here jumped out at me. Related to somewhat their presence in my life, but actually related very much to their absence in my life. I had forgotten them. These three are balance, creativity, and leisure. All of my life, yeah, see, you're laughing already. All of my life, since I was small, I've had trouble balancing work and life. Shush. <laughs> and all of my life, I've not allowed myself to play with my inherent creativity or allow myself very much leisure time. 
I've always worked really, 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 really hard, absurdly hard. And then theoretically, I've taken up vacation where I usually end up crashing into semi-consciousness and then I go straight back to work. My mom tells stories about she and how she and my, she never intentionally never reprimanded me, scolded me, or punished me. Even if I did something really horrible, really unskillful, because it was obvious that I was going to be far harder on myself than she ever would have been, and she wanted to not pile on to what I was already doing to me. So. I suppose this could all be attributed to my nature, or it's been true all my life, you could attribute it to character or nature, but I'm not sure it is. I think it's a learned behavior. And I think it's based on a misunderstanding held within the inheritance of a Protestant work ethic. I unknowingly took this misunderstanding. It's a misunderstanding. Yes, we should work hard, duh, yes. But I misunderstood it. I took it too far. I took it to an extreme. And as can happen in so many of our lives, a few major health events found their way to my doorstep and caused me to spend time looking at how I live my life, which led me over the past few years to set intentions around what I value, to find tools to help me adjust course, to create balance, to give space for leisure time beyond the occasional quote-unquote vacation, to play. You've seen this take different forms for me. I've talked about playing with clay and pottery and drawing and my writing projects and knitting and sewing and studying French and studying Italian and all these things I do. Lots and lots of wonderful reading. I'm giving myself space now to work and to live. And frankly, it still feels awkward. I feel like I'm shirking or something. The science historian and poet Diane Ackerman wrote in her book, A Natural History of the Senses, the great affair, the love affair with life is to live as variously as possible, to groom one's curiosity like a high-spirited thoroughbred, climb aboard and gallop over the thick sun-struck hills every day. Where there is no risk, the emotional terrain is flat and unyielding. And despite all its dimensions, valleys, pinnacles, and detours, life will seem to have none of its magnificent geography, only a length. It began in a mystery, and it will end in mystery. But what a savage and beautiful country lies between. Noticing these three values for me, balance, creativity, and leisure, and how they related to each other, how they related to me, simply the reminder of them was fascinating as I looked at this sheet because it led me to this reflection on a shift that I've had. 
I'm still working on figuring out my top 10, which you're about to start, so don't look at your sheet yet. And none of these three appear in my top 10. Makes sense that I forgot them. Makes sense that I dropped them. And yet they are still important. Simply contemplating this list itself over the past few days and noticing the values, these values brought up this reflection. And I undoubtedly have more work to do here. And at the same time, I want to celebrate because I'm really proud of the learning that I have accomplished in the past two years. So have you ever thought about your top 10 values? If somebody at the back could grab the, the blanks, we can pass them out to anybody who doesn't have them. I mean, how often do we have an opportunity to sit and contemplate a list of values and then try to figure out what the constellation of values that applies to us individually might be? Or thought about how you might lift them up and polish them off and get the dust off of them so that they can shine in a way that allows the people around you to see them. Thank you, Patty. So I only made 60 copies because we are trying to be environmentally friendly in the office, but that might mean that I didn't make enough. Does everybody have one? All right. So I'm going to invite you to take a look at this list. If you have a smartphone and you can take a picture of somebody else's list and then look at it on your phone, you could do it that way and that way we share the list. If if you're with if you're two people together and you want to share a list, you can pass a list on to somebody else. These come from um, Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead. And so we're going to take a moment in silence and just slowly look. My first pass, I had 25. So you're not going to get down to 10 during service. You don't need to. It's fine. Just put a little mark or a mental note next to the ones that are important to you. this feels really difficult, think about what somebody who knows you really well would mark off for you.
Okay, one more deep breath. All right, I'd like you to find one person, or maybe two, dyads or triads. It can be somebody who knows you really well, or somebody who doesn't know you at all. It's up to you. I'm going to let you make that choice this time. But find one person to talk to, and let's make sure that all of our guests and all of our visitors and all of our beloved introverts, yes, I know who you are, are included, okay? So pair up. We're just going to talk for like two minutes, like one minute each, all right? Find somebody to talk to. Okay, switch people if you haven't already. If there's a third person in your group, they should speak now. Final minute.
was a joyful noise. <laughs> I'm going to repeat the words from Mark Nepo before I move into my closing words. If lucky love will distract us more than suffering, if blessed we are broken of everyone's plans and regrets and thrown like a hooded bird into a sea of light, if trusting the fall we find our wings. Spirit of love and life, may we find the tools we need to help us shake off the dust from our travels. May the brilliance of each person here today be allowed to shine forth into their world. May we perceive our luminosity and that of our journey's companions with clarity and compassion. May we be allowed to share our truth simply through the lives we live so that our gifts become everyone's gifts. Hare Om Shanti Shalom Peace. Blessed be. Closing words come from the Grey Hymnal, the Grey Songbook, and they can also be found in the Mahaparinibbana Suttana, the Buddha's farewell address. Be ye lamps unto yourselves. Be your own confidence. Hold to the truth within yourself as to the only lamp. May it be so. Blessed be. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service podcast from the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship. Please feel free to check back each month for additional episodes, and if you're able to contribute financially to this community-supported enterprise, we would deeply appreciate your generosity in any amount.